Mr. F. <laughs> how are you doing, man? <laughs> good. How are you doing? It's good. It's good. Um, uh, I mean, it's been a while, right? It it has been a while. We are back and we made some empty promises last time, but we're here again making probably the same empty promises. No, oh, hopefully not. Probably. Not. Okay, let's incline towards being actually, we're making a, a quarter of a promise now. We're, <laughs> so... We're, we disappeared for a bit of time, but we had a crazy summer. We were working a lot. We just got back into the groove of school. And so we apologize, but we are here. We want to, you know, make more of an effort to continue bringing weekly or biweekly content. So, look, give us a break, guys. Okay. Don't, don't, don't give up on us. Uh, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll try our best. Um, I mean, we so we haven't been necessarily inactive though. We did actually record something, and just not quite on our end, right? So I guess this might be an apt place to put in a plug. And That's we true. actually recorded with a professor at our school at Cal Poly Pomona, a Dr. Paul Nissenson. He's a part of the mechanical engineering department, and he was um, he brought us on with the premise of having the idea that we're transfer students and how that's like for students that are transferring into. Um, a university and what it's like being a transfer student prior to even transferring. And then what is it post after, you know, transferring, but what I would like wanted to put by, I guess, seg segueing is we're, I'm realizing that for us, right. Um, the cool thing that Dr. Paul Nissenson also, or, or Dr. Nissenson, I guess, um, he also pointed out was that we're in a way we're able to present to not only ourselves and each other, we're not only archiving what our experiences are real time, right? As students, engineering students, but also uh, we're giving the opportunity for other people to, I guess, take a dive into what it might feel like in the future or in the present or possibly what it felt like in the past to be an engineering student. And of course, everyone's situation is a little bit different, uh, but hopefully we can take on at least a little bit of that aspect and show a little bit of that realistic, authentic aspect that isn't, um, you know, oh, 20 years ago, I remember engineering being like this, but maybe like they'll actually relate a lot more because um, it's a lot more fresh for us and we're recording this. And so I'm finding ourselves to be more in the video journaling, not video journaling, audio journaling, maybe, right? But yeah. Well, so that, that leads to a good point that I was going to originally bring up towards the end, but... It was something that we talked about with Dr. Neesonson and, you know, we, we discussed, me and Johnny kind of thought about having uh, a video portion or like a, a, a recorded podcast type thing, I guess, where, you know, it's available also on YouTube and you'd see us basically interacting with, you know, each other we're through so Zoom. Exciting. We're, we're not that exciting. <laughs> <laughs> we're sitting in a room. I have books behind me. Johnny has a whiteboard. It's not that exciting, but yeah, I, I mean, but yeah, it, proceed. I, I like to have like some kind of visual engagement. I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but if you don't like that, that's fine. If you do um, let us know somehow through like an email or I don't know, ratings, whatever. I don't know, whatever. If you could, if you guys want that, that's cool. We could probably work something out. Um, no promises though. Cause 
we're bad at those already. A lot of a lot of people have actually interestingly reached out to us on LinkedIn. So there's been a lot of interfacing with people that listen to our podcast through LinkedIn. So it's an interesting way. I guess we could say that you know we're networking out here as well as we make this, and we're just right. always going for it. Yeah. <laughs> but as I was saying earlier regarding the so regarding how it's kind of like we're capturing the moment as it happens. I think it'd be apt for us to talk about as we're starting off our first, you know, very important special year at Cal Poly Pomona, which is, as Andrew, you were saying, how spe- what, what's so special about us? So it's our senior year, our super senior official year, I guess we could call it, <laughs> where we're no longer juniors that are seniors in this weird standing, but we're seniors that are seniors and we're taking the last courses of our undergraduate career. Johnny, you have like 15 units left. You said I have, I think something like that, maybe like 12. I don't know exactly, Mm -hmm. but I'm, you know, happy to be done. I have a pretty light coursework this year, but I am working part-time. So it's been interesting. It's been fun. Uh, Been good to, you know, learn some stuff at work and, and school, but more importantly and more exciting, we have a huge, semester-long project which is called senior design for us it's one of our two capstones at cpp um and we'll kind of talk about that it's kind of the focus of the episode where we want to dive into it a little bit because johnny and i have two very different senior design projects because johnny's more focused on aeronautics and i'm more focused on astronautics um so yeah it's quite a difference in project um and really like a crazy learning experience and really an awesome experience so yeah do you want to just jump right into it yeah 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 so i guess i mean it would be maybe we can just start off with how our school does this because every school is going to be different as i've talked with people in other aerospace programs so i mean the only other school i've had experience with is um embry riddle in prescott right and they're considered a pretty big. I'm sorry, private. what? <laughs> Prescott, Every Riddle Prescott. Uh, Isn't it Prescott? No, it's Prescott. Why are you trying to correct me here, man? No, this... I'm being so serious. Is it not Prescott? <laughs> Bro, I... every I've never heard Prescott. Well, I've, I've always heard... heard Prescott. Well, let me tell you something. I know people from Embry Riddle Prescott. Prescott. And they're the ones that say Prescott. I don't know what kind of people you talk to. Is it Prescott? Do those people go to are do they live in Prescott? They live in Arizona. Okay. Well, I don't know. Maybe both, right? I don't know. Right. But anyways, I just know that their their design project or they call it their capstone, right? Their capstone is different from even our schools. And so I'd have to question whether or not every school falls in suit. So maybe that's a little preface out there that this may not be this exact experience that you guys will have. Right. But just to put it out there and, you know, make sure that you guys aren't going to be like, Oh, this is exactly how everything's going to go. And I'm like, so set for the, you know, the future. Um, But anyways, so the way that our school does it, there are of course different variants of it, what we do, but for the aero track, aeronautics track, we have, an AIAA RFP given to us, also known as a request for proposal. And every year it's different. Um, I believe last year was uh, attack, ground attack support, 
So something like the A10 Warthog would have been what last year's seniors would have been designing. And this year is going to be an aerial firefighting aircraft. But each year there's a new RFP that comes out from AIAA and there's a national competition uh, among all the participants. And everyone is supposed to submit at the end of the year towards, I believe around March or April, their design. And uh, that's, you know, in accordance to what the RFP had. So RFP meaning there's requirements in there. Um, there are certain objectives, right? And you have to consider the customer as well. So it's a really, um, you know, our industry, at least in the US, from my understanding, works in a way where we're contract-based. And so the contract comes with a, a like a RFP. And then from there, you want to start working on what you do, right? Design, um, thinking of from the moment things are, are, you know, planning the plane all the way until the end when it's supposed to get, you know, recycled or thrown away, right? But that's what we do. And so that's the general, um, I guess, lesson that our professors are trying to give us, at least on the aero track. I know that things can be a little bit different. So Andrew, I mean, this is probably a good place for you to jump in and say whether or not, you know, that's the same case. And then what's different? Because I know there's different things for sure, even in what I just said. Yeah. So, well, before we I do that, I want to take a step back and I, you kind of briefly touched on it, but if you guys or anybody out there that doesn't know what an RFP is, um, Johnny mentioned it, a RFP is a request for a proposal or another simplified words. It's basically just, you know, saying, hey, we want to do this particular mission, whatever that mission may be. So for in Johnny's case, they want to put out fires and they're saying, why don't you propose some system? Um, and in Johnny's case, an airplane to combat these fires. So what, whether that be a plane or, or whatever is defined by the requirements. So for Johnny's case, it has to be a plane. Um, it probably has to have, you know, some um, certain amount of uh, fire retardant it could carry. It has to, you know, have a certain weight limit, stuff like that. All these different requirements. And the idea is that, you know, the customer in this case, um, AIAA, is saying, hey, we want to do this thing. We're not really sure how to do it. We know that we have these requirements. Why don't you conceptually put together something for us and prove to us that it's what we want to do is possible? And then once we see it's possible and, and we trust you, we could fund you. Now, these RFPs are not for the purposes of getting funding. These are just to basically test um, undergraduate and graduate level students to, to put their knowledge to the test and, and go through the RFP or the proposal process and design take something from conceptual to preliminary design. And it's really pretty in-depth. And it's a year-long project. It's really, really heard really intense and really fun, super rewarding. Um, but th that being said, um, I, on the other hand, um, am on space vehicle. Like I said, Johnny's on air. And so ours is a little bit different. Obviously, we're not doing firefighting in space. We are doing... Uh, more of a typical science objective, um, which is exploring uh, some uh, some planetary body, basically. So there's actually two that were we were considering, but we ultimately went with an AIAA one as well. I'll mention the other one, basically for the NASA JPL one. Um, we were going. The proposal was to develop a vehicle to go to Titan, which is a moon of, I think, Saturn. I'm not entirely sure. Um, 
and get a water sample and return it to Earth. That was the request for proposal. And the one that we actually went with is it's a nightmare is what it is in short. <laughs> Basically, um, we have to create a vehicle that will travel to two Mars moons, Phobos and Deimos, and collect a 50 ki- up to a 50 kilogram sample on each and um, return with humans. So it's a crewed mission. And returned to the DST. The DST, for those of you that don't know, is the Deep Space Transport, which is part of um, NASA's future moon Mars endeavor. So basically, the if big concept, um, we're going to launch the vehicle. It's going to go to Mars. It'll dock with DST. From there, humans will be transferred into our vehicle, go down to Phobos, collect samples, go down to Deimos. Not in that order. Just saying that, throwing that out there. Take the samples dock with the DST and return home. And it is an absolute nightmare. And my entire team wanted to do it. I actually wanted to do the Saturn one. I thought I, I wanted to because I was like, yeah, it's not crude. It's way easier. So, <laughs> but we ended up going with the hard one. So it's, we'll see how it goes. Should be very interesting. Right. I think what, I mean, you, you gave a lot of detail, but I think a, a, a good way to kind of just, summarize or give a synopsis of what you just said is it's going to be hard yeah (laughs) and i think i remember you saying that your budget was a billion dollars and it sounds like and what was it what was the detail it's uh the was it the curiosity over that you said it was or yeah so uh our budget right now is a billion dollars and it cost curiosity to be developed and to get to mars 2.7 billion dollars so that's quite a bit and that's not crude that's the crazy part that is not a crude yeah. curiosity mission and you're not carrying anything back and you're not i mean because you're carrying two people probably minimum right and then you're carrying back 100 kilograms Plus up to a ton of kilograms yeah and then you're not only doing that you're not visiting just one moon you're visiting both so anyways so it's gonna be an absolute nightmare i yeah, it's going to be fun. You know, it is what it is. We're going to we're going to do our best. And that's also including launch vehicle price as well, launch cost. Oh. So hmm. that's going to eat up some of our budget. Uh, but yeah, you know, why don't so I gave a little bit more detail than you. Why don't you kind of give a brief synopsis of what your uh, your RFP states? Right. So I think it's it's really good of you, Andrew, to have kind of shown what an RFP is. I think a very simple way to kind of boil it down is you have a problem. The The customer has a problem and they want you to bring a solution. So it's not guaranteed that we're going to be having an airplane, but depending on what the customer's problem is and what they want out of what kind of solution that they want, that will then drive your, your design. So in our case, I believe our airplane has to go 400 knots. So that's pretty quick. And I don't think any helicopter that I know of can go beyond 400 knots. And that has to be like the minimum requirement for the speed when uh, when it has no payload. So with that being said, um, wait, you guys are doing a helicopter? No, we're not. We're not. We can't. Oh. We can't fulfill that requirement. Uh, but that's just getting really deep into the weeds. Basically, my project that I'm having with my team is going to be uh, the problem is that there are a lot of wildfires happening due to climate change, and you guys can you know figure out on your guys' self, like on your own, whether or not that's a thing, right? 
Um, <laughs> however, uh, the, so there are no planes out there right now that have actually been designed purely for the sake of fighting wildfires. So those planes are now having issues because they, their original mission design was something else. Oftentimes it's cargo planes or tankers, but these planes are now carrying not cargo or jet fuel, but they're carrying a fire retardant, which is uh, heavier than jet fuel or cargo, um, especially when you consider you're packing the entire plane with it. So it causes structural damage and, um, you know, it, it it's, becomes a pain to repair as well because you're ending up causing loads on places on the plane that you're not supposed to usually have load on because that's not the original design. And so the goal is to be able to create a plane that is able to file, fight wildfires while pulling maneuvers that are normal for wildfire fighting, and then also being able to handle um, those loads and be able to you know, release this fire retardant. And then also when there are repairs that need to be done for those repairs to be done fairly cheaply and quickly. And um, yeah, I, I think that's the best way to kind of put it. So it's a, it's, what? yeah, go on. Sorry, go ahead. No, it's just, uh, we're trying to make a, a more efficient and cheaper uh, option than let's say using a, a C-130 or like a, you know, a Boeing 747, because that's what often are used, right? But, you know, the 747 is a cargo slash commercial jet. It's not meant for, you know, flying over wildfires, so what do you i don't i know it's only week three so we don't know all the details but i wonder if you guys have covered what typical g load is for a uh tanker pull not a tanker a firefighting plane that's a great question i think i should know this right but again we're we we digress we were digressing and we're still catching back up right um but that's a really good question because normally what happens is a plane is going to be loitering and then it's going to find the place it needs to drop its payload it's going to go it's going to possibly i don't want to say it's going to descend gracefully it might be diving and then it's going to go over where it needs to drop off and for the or rfp it says i think it's 300 feet just 300 feet altitude um agl so average ground level so from there it needs to release it and then it needs to pull back up and then you know do whatever it needs to do whether it mean dropping more or going back to refuel on the, the retarded. So I don't know how many G's it's supposed to pull, but I know that the minimum weight, wet weight of just a fire retardant is I believe 36,000 pounds. So it's, it's really heavy. And then you have to also consider that's just the fire retardant. And then you have to consider the plane, the fuel, right? Personnel, True. extra equipment. Yeah. So. And that's then I crazy. think that's I think, not including fuel. That is nuts. I I mean I know that's obvious, but that I just dawned on me that thirty six thousand pounds not. Included. And then in the RFP, there's something called the objective requirement as well. So it's like the goal that you'd want to hit. It's like if you want to be that A plus student, and that's I believe that's eight thousand gallons of fire retardant. That comes out to like seventy two thousand gallons, uh, like that seventy two thousand pounds that you'd put on a plane. I'm like. I feel like AIAA is like, I, I just dare you to try to make a plane like this. I'm like, ah, no, it's fine. <laughs> I don't think I plan on reach, trying to reach for that, you know, 8,000 gallon. Come on, man. You got to go for it. Oh, we'll see. We'll see. But yeah, um, that's a really good question. How many G's? 
And of course, like what we're putting out here is like, we're just kind of, you know, we're, we're in the, on the first leg, we're trying to figure things out. But I think what we both can agree on is that there's a lot that is going to be happening and a lot of slides. Um, how about, I mean, I don't know how your, your class is like, but my class is pretty presentation heavy, which is That's all it is. Yeah. It's very different. Right. So our, our classes previously were lecture, lecture, lecture. And then we get tested, we get quizzes, we have homework reviews, right? But now it's lecture. And then we also get lectured by other students basically on the same exact presentation five times in a day. Yeah, um, it's brutal at times. But but the point that we're trying to get, uh, that I think the professors are trying to get across by doing that is that presentations are really important in industry. So how... How many presentations have you given while you were at your internship? I actually only—I didn't give a lot. I only gave like three or four. Mm -hmm. um, I wrote a paper, which was not required. Uh, it wasn't required per se, but it was like I think they wanted to get something out of me, but I was planning on doing it anyway. So I'd say four. Yeah, four and a paper. Right. I see. I think I gave around, I want to say I gave three or four as well. So all these presentations aren't necessarily formal, right? But it can be, there's like informational presentations. It can be presentations uh, regarding for, I mean, we were at internships. So how we experienced how our internship was like feedback, right? That's in a sense a presentation, at least on my end. So but I think my understanding is I, even though I didn't give like an extravagant amount of presentations, I sat in for, I want to say at a minimum 20 presentations, right? So yeah. would, would you, would you say with a certain amount of confidence that presentations are pretty prevalent, at least in our industry in aerospace? Oh, definitely. And I think that like, not to be that person, but we were just interns. So if we were doing a little bit more involved work, I want to mm -hmm. say more on like the customer end, then we'd be giving more presentations as well. Um, because, uh, you know, we're doing our own little, we're often in internships, you're doing work to support a program, but that might be directly supporting like work that your manager or somebody has for you. Right. Um, but you know, if, if you're interfacing with a customer, you'd have to, put all your work together in such a way that you know the customer is understanding it and the customer may not be an engineer which is very typical so that is also the purpose of these presentations we're giving in our design class is that we have to become efficient um information deliverers yeah, <laughs> for no, lack of a better term that i entirely agree with you yeah so i think I mean, I understand the whole aspect and I think, and I don't, I don't want to say that I'm not one that needs this practice as well, but there are definitely a hundred percent people that require more practice with their presenting. And, uh, I will say that I'm in that group too. Um, but I think that I, I can say that I'm pretty sure some people out there in my class need a little bit more practice than I do because I mean, we, I feel like we're both relatively good with our words and communicating what we want to say or else we probably wouldn't be doing a podcast right 
but yeah, other agree. people other people might not be so comfortable with talking and and getting an idea across. And so, um, yeah, I, I would want to say that the idea behind all these presentations that might seem a bit superfluous is like actually pretty good for certain people in our class for sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's funny you say that. I, I consider myself a pretty decent presenter. Um, and typically I don't prep very hard for a presentation. And neither uh, do I. Like I'll, you know, read over my slides very occasionally will I like jot down some notes, but mm. not too crazy, but you know, design we get graded partially on our presentation uh, overall and like our our basically our flow and everything so i did something that i'm not comfortable usually doing with i wrote like a script basically for my for my slides um and it actually was really bad like i (laughs) you could definitely tell i've never done that before so i was doing this really weird thing where i was trying to follow my my notes but I couldn't like fully commit to it. So I was like going between like reading off the thing and also going off like the head. It was so bad. I like literally mixing up all your points and like, Oh shoot. I skipped like five points right here. How do I get back? (laughs) Yeah. So I, it was so awful. I text my friends like, wow, I've never bombed so hard before. And it was because of that. So I guess as a word of advice, if, if you feel confident in yourself, don't put too much pressure on yourself. Just do what usually works for you, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But I think the moral of the story is I'm better presenting than Andrew. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think the moral of the story is, you know, um, I think senior design is, is pretty overwhelming, right? And I mean, I, I don't know about overwhelming, but it, I just know there's a lot of work that's going to be ahead of me. And and then on top of that, it's like <laughs> there's a lot of presentations yeah. And I'm fully yes. expecting us to get nickel and dimed on like so many things in the future. I just oh, don't know what definitely. it's going to be yet. Yeah. So, and when we say like, it's so many presentations and maybe your guys are like, oh, they're being dramatic. We don't turn in physical handwork, like calculations. We only turn in PowerPoint. So literally imagine your, your, your professor is the customer and, or I guess your manager and, you know, they need your presentations every week, every other week, whatever it is, to ensure progress is going according to plan. Yeah. Um, and so you got to, you know, take time to develop some pretty good PowerPoints to actually deliver to that professor or else they're going to see right through your, your project and say, you know, you're not putting enough time in just like the customer might if you're giving that customer, you know, poor quality presentations. Yeah. And it's not only about presentations. It's also, I think a lot of the people that were, um, I guess, criticized a little bit more harshly by my professor had to do mostly with not how they spoke or presented the information, though that was sometimes the case, but it's oftentimes how they made their presentation too. Because a lot of the time we're going to be giving informational presentations. So we need to make sure that we're keeping uh, that to be the true aspect, like sending information we're making sure information gets across but if your presentation slides like you know like overwhelming with too much information then obviously that's going to be problematic as well so yeah definitely yeah definitely yeah i mean yes. how many how many pres- jinx how many how many presentations have we made i made i think i've made four now and it's now week two and a half yeah i've made four and i'm working on my fifth but my fifth one is a lot 
probably a lot different than yours at this point. Um, this is actually where probably the first week where we've split work drastically. So I don't know what you guys are doing, but I am looking at potential. I'm developing a concept of operations. So in order to develop my con ops, I am looking at potential launch dates. Um, also at this point, even though I don't have mass yet looking at what, um, I have a ballpark, so I'm looking at what launch vehicles I can use. Um, and then pretty soon I'll have to start developing my payload because what's the point of going to Mars if we don't know what we're doing? So right. I got to do that. And that one I'm, I'm a little nervous about. I'm not going to lie because I'm not very good at like thinking about the science aspect of, of this because after all, if you think about a lot of the space comp- components, a lot of the engineering is science-driven. Um, and that I am not often the best at. So what are you guys working on? Um, I don't know if we're going in directly into con ops cause we were, I don't think we were assigned necessarily <laughs> our next slides yet, our next presentation that we have to give, but I would imagine, um, I mean, we were encouraged to go into initial design phase and creating, you know, a plane or a, a general idea of a plane. Um, design drivers, right? So those are things that you want to consider. And I don't know how accurate this is of um, real industry as well, but I would imagine this to be somewhat something close, an echo of it, yeah, or a shadow of it um, <clears throat> in the what is it in the very far future? Because I hear that a lot of people that start off in industry don't get to do design right away either. So yeah, yeah, I think it takes some. It depends on what you're doing, also. There's a difference between designing a plane and designing, you know, a mechanism or a hinge too. So that's something to keep in mind, not downplaying any portion of engineering. I'm just saying that, you know, those are two different design aspects. Yeah. There's definitely steps that need to be taken. So, but yeah, I mean, we're just going into, I I think initial design, we're looking at what other planes are like. I like, we're already figuring out that a turboprop is better than turbojet engine, right? Because uh, of the mission at hand. So, you know, why is that? Just, oh, I don't know. Teach me. Great question. So turbojets are, are better for higher altitudes and they're better for, um, faster speeds as well. But in the case of when you're trying to fight a fire, you want to be slower so that you can be more accurate in dropping your payload. And then on top of that, um, you're, you want to be low when you drop. So you're, you're, you're generally loitering in lower um, altitudes and so it just makes sense to do a turboprop as of now so that's not something that we determined um like in the that's not what we were told in the rfp but that's a conclusion that we came to based off of the requirements in the rfp and the mission so another way that we're just tackling the way that we do things so I, i'm pretty sure everyone in my class i don't know if anyone else in my class listens to our podcast i mean if so hello but if not, I'm pretty sure we all have the same idea. So I'm not even scared about throwing that idea out there. Yeah. Also, it's a competition right now. So like, even though Johnny's in a group of like 10 people and I am as well, we are all, we do all of our work independently up until week 12, yeah. uh, maybe 14. And um, so like right now I have a team of people that I'm not supposed to be consulting with because um, <laughs> because, you know, we're basically competing to have like the best design in some like respects. Um, And I I didn't know that. And so I broke down all of our RFPs requirements and I shared them with our team. 
so now my team has my requirements and it's okay though they're not that great because i just it was an initial run through maybe i'm sabotaging them that's what i was gonna say like yeah uh space go go space (laughs) (laughs) go moon go moon number two (laughs) okay andrew puts up more quality work than that but yeah Uh, hardly yeah hardly so can we can we just you know quick just review of what we just talked about i guess in conclusion in conclusion senior year is going to be brutal we're going to podcast once a week maybe every other week we don't know yet we got some cool guests coming up yes and we're going to be real engineers soon yeah yeah and i guess we i mean we'll eventually give an update on that maybe in the future yeah maybe as things solidify maybe yeah we don't want to give away too much of our personal life you know I'll give away all my personal information. You guys want my social security number? I'll take it. <laughs> no, never mind. Uh, right. I'll give you. I'll tell you after. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Not give it to the mass public. All right. <laughs> so, do we have a question of the day? Or we do not. oh, like I, I was saying from the public. No, we don't have the one for the public because our fans don't love us enough anymore. I'm oh, just kidding, well, that that's so well, we didn't do enough, so yeah, <laughs> I don't expect that. Um, I do. I don't have a question for you. Do you have a question for me? Um, I, I kind of, I'm not going to lie to you. I kind of forgot about this aspect. So I didn't think of anything prior. I see. Um, no, I don't. We'll just start it off with this episode is not doing it. And then, you know, we'll just go with the flow. (laughs) What a, what a disappointment. I'm just kidding. (laughs) I know. I'm sorry. (laughs) All right. Well, we are promising to try. I think we got <laughs> be, it. Yeah, we got it. Now we got it. Uh, let us know if you guys want to see more content in terms of, you know, maybe seeing like a Zoomcast or something like that. I don't know what those are called. What are video podcasts? Sure. Would you? Yeah, podcasts, whatever. whatever. A, a vodcast. Yeah. yeah, you could see what me and Johnny are drinking for now, and we're not drinking right now, but we can be in the future. I drink and water. you could, you could see me inevitably spill my beer because I've done it four times on this podcast, I think, and it's yeah. probably gonna happen again. It should just be a part of the tradition. You might as well just shake your can <laughs> in front of the camera before you, you know. <laughs> hey, man! If enough people want to see it. No, I'm not going to say that because no, that's stupid. Uh, all right. If you join we our Patreon, a- then I'm kidding. We don't have a Patreon, but <laughs> hey, man. I'm just kidding. You have anything else, Johnny? No, sir. All right. And on that note, we're out. That was delayed. Later, guys. <laughs>